man, I really wanted it just to be like super in-depth and cryptic. Yeah, but it's like, not. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. And I wanted like the genius annotation to be like, yo, so there was moles living underneath the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, Francis F. Scott Key, <laughs> called him out. Just called him out. Put him on Front Street because a lot of those moles had baby daddies. Like, put him on Front Street. I've never even heard that phrase. You've never heard? On, all right. Anyways. Welcome to this episode Esk-it of Four it. Ears. <laughs> no, do not eskid it. Never going to be eskidding it. Have, have you seen any of this stuff about Dave Grohl and Little Pump? Do you know what's going on there? No, I have no I idea. I think Dave Grohl's like a massive Little Pump fan. How's that possible? I don't know. I need to I do don't even know who Little Pump next is. Next episode of Four Ears. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to do that. The quest to save Dave Grohl's soul. Yeah, seriously. Uh, who the fuck is Little Pump? Eskid it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gucci yeah, gang, yeah. Gucci gang, yeah. Gucci gang. You, oh, God. Fuck you, Chase. Honestly, he's uh, proven that he's pretty credible. Like, he's credible? He, I mean, he has that other hit with French Montana. What other hit? Welcome to the party. Never heard that. Yes, you have. Because you went and saw Deadpool. Oh. That's him. What what the song was it? Interesting. And then they start fighting. That's a little pump. I don't French remember Montana. that. And French, I'll have to listen to that. French is like only contribution is. Huh? Interesting. So if you know anything about French, that's par for the course. So Lil Pump has like a couple years in his career to make some bangers, and then uh, he's gonna die from a Xanax overdose, or uh, that's strong, especially given the current spot <laughs> situation. The situation in which he has a bunch of face tattoos and and lives off of Xanax and alcohol and weed. Honestly, I think he'll be fine. I hope so. I mean, if he's talented, I hope he's okay. But, you know, Gucci Gang's a super annoying song, so maybe I don't hope he's okay that hard. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about someone who's just... She's going to be just fucking fine. As upset and annoyed and as uh, hurt as his feelings are all the time. Honestly, okay, so if you put him on paper, Little Pump versus Drake, I'd say Drake ends up doing it first, dying first. You think so? It's all, like, this is going to be a little dark, but it's the people that don't talk about it. And he has every reason to. Drake? Yeah. Now, Drake is just sad for, like, Drake's like white girl sad. He's like not actually sad. Like there's nothing actually sad about him. He's also probably white girl like wasted. He's like white girl effective at killing himself. Did you know that? Okay. No, that, this is an actual fucking fact. Uh, we're going to educate everybody listening right now. Did you know that men are more effective at committing suicide than women are? Women try to commit suicide at a higher rate than men do. Jesus. But men actually succeed at killing themselves more. <laughs> and you know but why? This isn't funny. No, this is... And listen, I'm not saying this is a funny thing, but what I'm saying is the reason why that happens is because, as a whole, women who tend to attempt to commit suicide, they tend to use less deadly methods, like taking a bunch of pills or something. And men who want to kill themselves just fucking shoot themselves. So, Drake... Drake is like... If he was going to end it, he was gonna, he'd end it like... Like the in a very non-lethal way, so it could be it could be like I'm gonna make another album about this, and he's gonna make some a bunch of hooks, and then that'll be like his comeback. You know what I mean? 
You don't have anything to say about this? No, I just I, I pictured Drake straight up jumping out of the building. Like, like that's how Drake does off it. The Toronto Tower for sure. No way, man. Drake. First of all, Drake's never going to kill himself. <clears throat> Anyways, and he's not that bummed. That's my point. My point is he's not bummed. He sounds bummed, but it's all about the same shit, and none of it is really that bad. All of it boils down to I've got a lot of money, and I've got a lot of bitches, and I've got a kid. Some people don't like me. That's basically what it all boils down to, right? Like, I, you I guys, feel like that's the exact reason. You think that he is so bummed out that I some people don't like him? Behind the veil, behind the veil, there's just a lot of like problems. Wow. All right, man. So, <laughs> wait a second. You're telling me last night that you've been working on this conspiracy theory. Is that about this? That is about this. Oh shit! Oh, should we get into it right now, or should we get into the album first? Let's go ahead and get into the album. Okay, let's get into the album. Because we have honey-dicked long enough. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about Drake's double album, Scorpion, which I think is how you have to pronounce it. You have to pronounce it with a lisp. I can't say it with a lisp. Scorpion. It's impossible for me to... Scorpion. Doesn't work. Scorpion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a double album, which means it's... Uh, what? How many songs are there? 20, 25. 25 songs. And of those 25 songs, really... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, two of them are good, two of them are interesting, and maybe another three are are like worth listening to on a regular basis. I would say two of them are great. Okay. And we agree on what those two songs are. And then seven to eight of them are... I'll listen to them. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I guess <laughs> the the reason why we're we're trying to break down the number of tracks that are interesting here is because we're we're not going to play every track. There's too many tracks to play, and and to be completely frank, they all kind of sound the same. Yeah, you can cut paste, <laughs> cut paste. Drake Drake is sad and upset about something. Drake is drinking, talking about his feelings or something, or something. Play <laughs> super minimalist beat. Some samples, yeah. Vlada, you have you have half the tracks on here. Vlada, praises Vlada. to the Most High, <laughs> praises to the Most Fly, Prada. Yeah, that's actually some good good wordplay. Thank you very much. I wrote that. Um, all right, so let's 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 see if we can uh, let's see if we can start here. I think we both basically came up with a list of the songs that we think are good or listenable to. So right right off the top, I would say that that it's important to note that the first half of this album is supposed to be rapping Drake. So do rag Drake as it's been put on the internet. Do rag Drake. Do rag Drake. Uh, Drake trying to act hard. It's really Drake. um, I guess the idea was he was like, I'm going to do like, if you're reading this, it's too late again, but he failed. Like he just can't write like that or he can't make songs like that because of wherever he's at in life. Um, like that was a special moment in time. Like he captured lightning in a bottle. Correct. And now he just he can't ever hit those highs again. Um, so that's the first half. And the second half, I guess, was supposed to be R and B, but instead just comes off as like super alternative R and B with a lot of like, I gotta try to address some things that you guys know about. It's like half rap. I I I went into listening to this this album uh, cognizant of the fact that it was supposed to be. The first half was supposed to be like a hip hop rap album, and the second half was supposed to be this R and B album. And I came away after listening to it thinking 
if I didn't know where the first one ended and where the second one started, it which would just by the way, like... it would all sound the same. And by the way, the idea of a quote unquote double album really makes no sense these days because everyone's streaming their music. So you just l- release a list of songs. So here, okay. Like before we even review a song, this, this whole 25 track album, double album bullshit is exactly like my beef that I had with Migos exactly the beef i had with like post malone's album uh, exactly what i think's wrong with like the current streaming uh culture so artists have figured out that in order to get one album sale through streaming on the billboards all you have to do is get 10 songs played from your album and that counts as one whole album like listen through right so if you make your so every album, ten listens, mm-hmm. it counts as one. Yeah. Album so if sale. you just if you just listen to God's plan ten times in a row, that's one whole stream of of this album of this album. Uh-huh. So if you make the album twenty five songs long, you get double. You get or more, basically two and a half streams for the whole album. So Migos did that shit, and their stuff like broke a whole bunch of records or whatever, set a whole bunch of like landmarks for them, um, and then. You know, a couple of other artists did it, but it, it mostly it's just like it's taking away from the art of putting together an album. Like the idea of like having a cognizant thought and through line for an entire piece that's concise and to the point doesn't exist here. Like there's just so much fluff and chuff and bullshit. Right. This could have been a seven track album, maybe an eight track album if you're being generous. I mean, I, yeah, I would say you could scrub it down to nine or eight songs. Uh, but you just get a lot of stuff that's just not their best work. And I thought Drake would be above that. Right. Um, and then the idea of like veiling it as like, I'm doing a rap slash R&B album. They're going to be double feature. It's like, yeah, your homeboy future did that last year, but he released two separate albums in like surprise succession. And they are both like pretty good quality. They are longer, but like he put out future, which was just him rapping like, like, dirty ass trap beats and just like hard like mask on mask off that song and then he put out hendrix which was him like doing the singing shit and like just more lovey-dovey like type of future stuff and like both of them were great and they were both great because it was surprise like he did back to back and we were like oh shit he did the thing that he said he was going to do he released a double album called future hendrix and we didn't even know i lost my mind for like a whole month (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Chase came into the office um, just like a zombie for an entire three and a half weeks. Yeah, it's great. Um, so it basically what you're saying is Drake tried to do that sort of thing again. He was like, you know what? Some of my best work, what made me famous was the fact that I also sing. And now I'm going to do an album on which I also sing. And no. then he fucked it up. He fucked it big time. No, I think he had the idea of like, I'm going to set all these billboard records I don't want people to just see it as 25 tracks. I got an idea. Double album, <laughs> side A, side B. I'm yeah. the goat. I can do no wrong. Yeah, well, he can do wrong, <laughs> turns out. I will say this, though. I will say this. You are hiding a child. He is. He Well, anyway. Uh, last episode, we were vicious with Everything is Love. I mean, that 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 was a very bad album this is not that this is not that so this album actually has some redeeming features this album actually has shocker 
a couple of pretty good songs, songs that will continue to make play over and over and over again. But you know what? Let's just let's just get into it. We both agree that the, the opening track is worth listening to. And that opening track is called Survival. And it sounds something like this. My Mount Rushmore is me with four different expressions is a great fucking line. I don't know if he wrote that or if Quentin wrote that, but either way, that's a great line. It is pretty dope. <clears throat> it also point it also like kind of sets the tone for for the entire album cuz I think this is the most um egocentric and um what's the word whenever you're kind of narcissistic? Yeah, well not yeah, narcissistic but um delusional. Okay. I think it's the most egocentric and delusional Drake we've ever seen. Like he I think he sincerely believes like everything he said on God's plan. I think he 100% believes like everything that's ever happened to him was just leading up to him being the best rapper on earth or like the most popular rapper on earth or or hip hop artist. I mean he's not wrong. I think he thinks he was hand chosen. Oh yeah, that's not that's <laughs> like <definitely. laughs> like God was like, "Ah, We'll send the mixed child, part Jewish, part black. <laughs> and we'll deliver him to Toronto, Canada, and he'll star in Degrassi. Like, yeah, he, ha- he, has, he has some type of uh, God complex. He does. He does have a God complex. Whereas, and that comes across throughout the entire album because most of it is either him. It's, it's him saying he's the best, complaining about being the best. Or complaining about how people don't recognize he's the best. Yeah. That's that's like ninety percent of this album. That might be ninety percent of his his songs. It's it's basically for me, it's like any any like anything that he said could easily have been like something that Kanye has said, like that that the Mount Rushmore line. Right. But if Kanye said it, everybody'd be like, Oh, what the fuck? He has like he's crazy. But it's Drake and everyone's just like, Yeah. Yeah, he probably it probably probably would be like that. It's like he wrote. He, it's as if he wrote that line for Kanye, for <laughs> Anye, and Kanye was like, "Nah, too polished for my shit, bro." He's, he's like, like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "I need some hums and screams." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "My Mount Rushmore would be." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, man, real strong concepts, Kanye. You keep sounding those verbs out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, I think I, I also like Survival because of the production. It has like sounds like a video game a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's I think it's pretty cool. You know, I think the uh, hearing it outside of uh, hearing it outside of the rest of the album, where a lot of the other songs sound similar. It's like that slow, um, sort of melodic, droning beats. Um, hearing it outside of it, it sounds unique and cool and Drakeish. And then hearing it among 24 other songs that generally sound the same, 
it's it's a little like oh man fuck all right but on its own like as a kick off to an album i was like oh that's pretty sick i'll take it for me survival doesn't work without the next song which is nonstop. that's crazy because for me i was ready to skip at least two other songs man. possibly more nonstop was like so i got through survival the first time through and i was like oh this feels like views 2.0 and then non-stop hit and he says take heath f these ends all right and i was bought in i was like oh shit all right so let's let's go and listen to the next track here it's called non-stop i told you Not a stop, why shit don't never stop. This the flow that got the block hot, shit got super hot. Hey, give me my respect, give me my respect. I just took it left like on ambidex. Bitch, I moved through London with the Euro steps. Got a sneaker deal and I ain't break a sweat. Catch me cause I'm gone. Out of there, I'm gone. How I go from six to twenty. Alright. Okay, so I, you I kind of was like I was like take it or leave it on this. I thought this was fine. I was like, I'm Survival. ready to skip at least a Survival couple songs. was just such a like slow, like eh, song. And like I knew this was supposed to be the raps rap side, so I was like, all right, well if this is what he's gonna call rap, like mm, missed it. And then nonstop hits, I was like, Oh, okay, okay. Um but that take the Tay Keith guy that he mentions at the beginning, that's a Tay Keith beat. Um and where that's familiar from is from uh the Black Boy JB song, uh, Look Alive. It was like huge, big hit. Look Alive, Look Alive. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know the song. Um, and that, I like, I always like the beat from it. I don't know who Black Boy JB is, but Drake was on it, so I listened to it, and it was dope. Um, so as soon as I heard that, I was like, makes sense why I like this beat. It really doesn't matter what Drake says, as long as he's like hitting the like, yeah, the rhythmic sort of like uh, percussive moments of that song. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I thought the wordplay was okay. I just took the left like I'm ambidextrous. How right. many other rappers even know what ambidextrous means? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you'd be surprised. I think there are quite a few of them probably know what ambidextrous means because <clears throat> they can pass to the right and pass to the left. <laughs> I guarantee you, none of the Migos know what ambidextrous means. Don't look like I know what ambidextrous means. Sorry, ambidextrous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you're right i've i have no idea again th- there's there's because this was one of the songs that i feel like I, I was take it or leave it on and i think i don't think we agree on the next song that i i was thinking was worth listening to um uh so i i know what your next song is yeah and i felt very strongly about that up until maybe tuesday of this week which was yesterday right correct no, no. today's thursday yeah two days ago and uh, and so I thought I was like I'll skip nonstop I'll skip elevate my next song on the album elevate's awful sorry it we're, is we're not, not here good. to no, like labor yeah, on how good. bad songs are but God it's not bless good. it's leave it's down the cutting room very floor. very forgettable um I was I was like you know I'll skip I'll skip nonstop because I thought the beat was fine but it was a little repetitive for me um 
and I'll skip elevate and we'll go to emotionless. So that's my next that's my next song on the album. Let's go to let's go and take a listen. Listen to this song. It's called Emotionless. I just think the the production is so good. It's like really dynamic. It has like the raw chords in it. It has like this like emotional soul thing going on in it. And I think that works really well with Drake's uh, Drake's rap style. So I, I just I felt like I got caught immediately by the production of this song. And, um, you know, I don't know as much about the content of the lyrics as you do or the, the context around what he's saying or what he's talking about. But I felt like it was it was a really solid track. So you're telling me you were actually into this up until a couple days ago. What happened to make you not super uh, I, into it? <clears throat> so I was really into it at first because this this production and the vibe and feel of the song feels very like reminiscent of uh, of Take Care and yeah, uh, nothing was the same like that era of uh, of beats and verses that we saw out of Drake, and and that was super dope to like kind of latch onto, but after just like listening to it like it was definitely one of the cuts i went to just listening to it too many times i was like mm, this falls a little flat like it doesn't have the replay value that like uh over my dead body has or like uh we'll we'll be fine like from take care like it doesn't have those like i can always come back to those tracks and they like i'll always like blast them out of my car mm-hmm. this one was like mm, i've kind of had it with this mariah carey sample that's does he so Go does he away. say anything interesting on the song? Yeah, so this is the first track on the album that he actually acknowledges that he has a kid. Oh which which M- if I'm not G. I'm pretty sure this is the one where he says I wasn't I wasn't hiding my kid from the world, I was hiding the world from my kid. Yeah, that 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 lyric stuck out to my head. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. From empty souls who just wake up and look to debate until you staring at your seed you can never relate. That's pretty that's pretty good like slick wordplay. But it's also like I feel like every deadbeat dad everywhere like felt that line. They're like, Me too. But in reality <laughs> it was just like no. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> um it's yeah, it's it's fine. It's 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 cool. I really like the f- the first line that and he used it on billboards, don't hit me when you uh when you hear this. Yeah, like that's that's sick. But it just, I just felt like the whole song was like, just didn't have any lasting effect for me. Hmm. But I'm happy for you, and it's great for you. And <laughs> emotionless. <clears throat> I think now, now we get into where we both strongly agree that by far the best song on the album 
was the first single from the album. The best song from this side. But the best, best song from this side. Fair yeah. enough. That's fair. That's fair. The best song from this side was actually released a couple months ago on Scary Hours. Yeah. And what we thought was just kind of a throwaway cut is now a really big part of this song. So you've probably heard it. It's it's one of the biggest songs of the summer, if not the biggest song of the summer. And it's called God's Plan. Start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't wanna die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story, shit was different with me. God's plan. God's plan. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, no. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, next. Might go down to GOD. God's Plan is a good song, man. And it has probably one of the greatest rap hooks of all time. Yeah. She said, Do you love me? I'm sorry. I only love my bed Jesus, and my mom. I'm so sorry. Bad. Whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> It's still fucking good. <laughs> Even though I don't know the lyrics, it's still fucking good. Uh, Everyone listening to this has heard that fucking song. Yeah, I don't know. That I don't know what we can say about God's plan that hasn't already been said. Um, definitely, definitely fits in with the whole vibe and tone and lyric content that Drake God's has plan. for this album. God's he, plan. He's saying, "My life is God's plan. <laughs> like everything I'm doing is God's plan." That's right. Which is fine. Maybe, maybe yeah. everything he's doing is God's plan. No. Or maybe it's fine, Armin, because this is Drake's life, and we're all just pawns Correct. within it. Like we are the things that happen along the game of life that Drake either lands on our space or he doesn't land on our space. And you know, occasionally, like that means he has a kid randomly. Occasionally, it means he hooked up with a porn star. Occasionally, that means he lost a gigantic beef to push a T, and it crippled the impact of this album being released and all of the content on it did it oh for fuck sure huh all right think think how much bigger of a deal emotionless in march 14th would have been if Pusha t hadn't broken the news not broken the news beforehand not just broken the news but like like murked him as he was breaking the news you are hiding a child (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're right man you're right man all right fair enough so Pusha t ruined drake's plan to be the best ever i don't know about that but now we'll, we'll see i um i'm definitely hard leave it on the next track for I'm sure upset is not a good song oh really i don't think it's a good song i'm upset I, I feel like it's kind of boring and i also feel like it doesn't really do a lot to kind of you know bring much to the table he kind of, I feel like he kind of half released it as like a, a follow up to um, his response to Pusha. I mean, you can't go 50 50 with no hoe. Right. Every rapper says that shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Kanye has been saying that shit for years. So I don't know, man. You're late to the, you're late to the, 
to the party, Drake. Every rapper knows you can't go 50-50 with no hoe. I mean, come on. That's just that's just the game 101. God bless. God bless. God bless. All right. Anyway, so the next song that's worth talking hit. about. You get what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I think you have this on your list. For sure. And we have, uh, it's called 8 Out of 10. And I think I know why you like this song, but we'll get into it in a second. It sounds something like this. Too rich for who y'all just got rich again. Who grips the mic and likes to kill their friends. I've never been the type to make amends. If shit was at an eight, we like to, we like to, we like to. Yeah. If shit was at an eight, we like to make it ten. One to send it sin, I'm going up all the way. I don't like to talk when there's nothing else left to say. Trizzy by the drive, the game is in disarray. I tell you, hear me out, but we both know end of the day. Your sister is pressing play, your trainer is pressing play. Your wifey, your wifey, your wifey, your wifey. I gotta breathe real deep when I catch an attitude. Alright, so I think I know why you like this song. I don't I don't not like this song, but tell us, Chase. Oh well, I was gonna say, what 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 do you think my reasons are? I think the reason why you like this song is because it's kind of like his it's kind of like a, a faux response to the story of Adidon. Like it's like it's like what he would have re- responded with if he didn't get murdered by Pusha T in that song. Yeah. I mean I, I mean a little bit. For me it's for me it's that, but it's also this is like dude's super confident all the time. All the time. But this is like this is like him being like Conor McGregor, like if you're reading this, it's too late, Drake. Yeah, he's doing like he's doing the walk, like the swivel yeah. arm walk. <laughs> the, right the super the the Vince McMahon walk yeah. from WWE. Um yeah, he's just like he's like, yo, like I don't even have to like tell you what I'm gonna say because and you can't avoid it because everybody around you is gonna be playing it. And he's one hundred percent true. Like, even like with most of this album being like, ugh. It's getting played everywhere, like yeah. nonstop. There's like no way to avoid it, right? And I and I just like like, oh man, it's just like that nice subtle diss. Like even your even your wife's press your and wifey, play, your, your wifey, your, your trainers wifey. plus press and play. Like there's yeah. no escaping it. Um, and I really and I really like the kind of different intro for him, where it's just like him mm-hmm. trying to spit some bars without a beat. Yeah, and you and you like at first I was like put off because I was like man like. Drake really benefits from having the <laughs> having the, vocal, the beat behind him, but uh, but now it's grown on me. Like I feel like there's there's no concert and no like festival or like house party where the song gets played and not everybody's screaming. If shit was at an eight, we like to make it ten. Like that's yeah, it's a great hook. That's a huge hook. Yeah, it's a great hook. It's uh, it it's kind of like this great Drake style compilation combination of. You know, party hip hop, party rap with his like ego and, you know, very, very quotable and um, sing alongable lines. You know, does he does he address any other parts of his his push a T thing? It's really interesting to me that this entire album, by the way, is shadowed by that. Like you're 100 percent right. That push a T song in in its singularity shadows equivalently with all 25 songs on this album like it is it is like equal weights yeah which is strange yeah i mean the he he kind of addresses it and that's that's the kind of interesting thing about the whole album is you have to wonder how many of these songs were already like written produced and recorded and done 
before Story of Adon, however the fuck you say it, yeah. Adonan, uh dropped. Um, did he go back into the studio in that couple of weeks time and like re-record some stuff? He or had add to. stuff. He fucking um, for sure had to. I definitely think this first ver- verse is uh, completely written after all that because he says the only only dead beats is whatever beats I've been rapping to. Like that's a direct response. Um, and but other than that, like he never like hits it like di- directly on the nose like he kind of like avoids the whole situation because there, i can't remember i don't know if it's this song there is a song on there that he says um you know like you're lucky i'm the good guy that's this one that's this song right yeah so th- i mean i feel like that's a that's a direct i feel like that's a direct response right that whole thing that yeah whole he says as luck would have it i've settled into my role as the good guy i guess luck is on your side right that I, that's a that's a 100 that's 100 directly aimed at pushing t mm. Because he's basically saying like, oh, yeah, you know, all those rumors you heard that, you know, Jay Prince stopped me from releasing a song that ruined your career. Well, I'm you're lucky I'm a good guy and I'm not going to do that shit. And it's like, listen, dude, you can't just say you're a good guy. You just do good guy stuff. And then other people <clears throat> confirm that you're a good guy. You don't just like come out there and say, but I'm a fucking good guy. See, <laughs> that's a classic good guy move. That's a it's classic the, it's good the punch, guy it's move. It's the punch card. Have that's right. That? The punch like, card. That's right. How good guys yeah. think sex work. Yeah. <laughs> it works. I opened the door for you. I held your hand. Here's I complimented you. Here's my punch card. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And definitely the your wifey is definitely targeted towards pushing. Yeah. Because he's basically just trying to push that button again. For sure. Yeah. He's like, I he's don't like, know why. Hey man. hey, man. How about how about you release another track? Um, Dead men don't fear anything, I guess. Apparently not. You know, I... I'm I really like the end of this song, the the little outro, and I didn't know where it was from, but I guess it's Plies. I'm just looking here. Yeah, uh, the rapper Plies. Okay. I thought it was some older lady, but the I can't argue with you. You you mad? You upset? Was it you upset? You no, no. mad? Was it you real mad? Oh yeah, that's you right. Big mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, damn, that's the funniest shit I've heard. Yeah, no, that's that is good. I mean, again, he's positioning himself as the bigger man. Mm-hmm. Is he? Does he win that? I mean, okay, so this is this He's definitely is the more Drake. polite man. Correct. But no one ever accused Pusha T of being polite. For fuck sure. So, I, and Drake mainly raps for white girls, so he has to be polite. So, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> anyway, fair enough. All right, so I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of take it or leave it on the next couple tracks. Mob Ties, Can't Take a Joke. I'm kind of whatever about Mob both Ties is okay. Um, I'll listen to Mob Ties, but it's not on my list. I thought Sandra's Rose was pretty good. Yeah, same. All right, so let's take a listen. Here's Sandra's Rose off of Drake's album Scorpion. Sandra's Rose 
two girls that I wrote like Indiana Jones. I make them hoes walk together like I'm Amber Rose. He's rapping about himself, guys. In case, in case you didn't realize what's going on here, Sandra is his mother, and he, Drake, is Sandra's Rose. I've never heard a man refer to themselves as their mother's Rose before, by the way. Mm. So, again, Drake is making the perfect music for white women. You know, I <clears throat> I thought I think it's fine to refer to yourself as your mother's rose. Listen, I'm a mama's, You're a mama's boy. boy. I'm a huge mama's boy. Same. I might be, I'm Drake, Drake, Chase, and I, the three of us are mama boy maximum. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we've we've leveled that shit up. We're when, like when Drake said, I only love my bed and my mama, I'm sorry. That shit really hit me. Yeah. Katie actually goes like, Oh, oh, what? You're, you and Drake, you guys are the exact same. So the it me it me right. So the the fact is, uh, you know, when Chase and I we had the opportunity, we're like da 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 da. You've leveled up. Where would you like to allocate your stat points? Like, would you like to allocate them in independence or strength or willfulness? We're like nah 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 nah, mama's boy. Like, are you sure this won't let you? This is not gonna allow you to progress in life. Like nah 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 nah. Mama's boy, max that stat out. Let's do this shit. So we're all maxed out mama's boy stats, right? And it's it's my my agility's at a zero. I can't avoid That's anything. That's right. Can't avoid anything. You're fucking like, you know, I've I've maxed out mama's boy and procrastination. Those are the two stats that I've maxed out. Um so I I, I feel it. I definitely feel it. Uh I'm just saying you'd never ever hear Kanye or or yes. uh, push a T. Hey, mama. <laughs> no, we'll talk about, I'm saying specifically refer to themselves as their mother's rose. Uh, I yeah. feel like that phrasing, that's a that's a feminine phrasing. I don't know if Pusha T has a mom. I don't think Pusha T. I think he was, Pusha just, he was just created. He just emerged out of the from the universe. Pits of hell with malice. <laughs> They're like demon spawns that just emerged in Virginia. And they're yeah. like, <clears throat> yuck, yuck. <laughs> This song, uh, very similar to, um, very similar to mm, emotionless. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. The production, the it's, production is it very is much very feels soulful. like take care. And I think what is the redeeming quality of this one is it has that replayability. Yes, it's just like I can listen to this like, bam, 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 that that thing yeah. like all day. And I I would attribute a lot of that to like just the lyrics being able to hold up. Whereas Emotionless was kind of like, it just felt like a droney, whiny Drake flow a little bit. This one feels like he's delivering a lot more. What's he saying? I, I don't know. He's basically saying like, yo, I'm so rich and wealthy and people hate me because of it and they don't believe how I've got it. Like, I'm just so much further than where I started. It's kind of like started from the bottom, but just reworded differently. Perfect. Um, And I think that's what, what he's saying is like, he's Sanders Rose. As in, like, this is, like, the one, like, he's the light, the good thing that, like, came out of his mom's life type of deal. Which is kind of fucked up. Kind of discredits everything that she's done. But but he's not wrong. Because not everybody gives birth to Drake. Correct. And Sandy did. Sandy did. So, congratulations, Um, Sandy. And I guess it's also a reference to her having a, a flower shop. Which I don't know if that was completely manufactured for this song or if she was actually a florist at some point we'll never know knowing drake it's probably manufactured as fuck so um there was a couple other things in here i like i like the line my house is full of supermodels like a muhammad hadid 
because of right. his two daughters. Yeah, actually, Bella Hadid and I think it's his wife. It's his wife and his and maybe all three. Daughter. I think they have they have two daughters. Yeah, there's I don't know they, shit about the Hadids. Sorry, I don't, I'm not sure. Either. That's my bad. I should know better. Why didn't he knock one of them up? That's a good question. He <laughs> he's may, probably like fuck. He may have. Why he didn't I? Uh, there's another line in here I wanted to hit. Um, man, shit. I don't see it. Maybe what? it's not in the song. It was definitely in this song. And I just like skipped over it. Bump, bump, bump. It's whatever. It'll no, come back to find me. it. I'll, I'll edit this part out. Don't worry. I'm just going to edit this part. Maybe I'm making stuff up. I guess not. Mm. That makes me sad. All right. Well, I guess there isn't another line in there that you wanted to to find. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> um, how far are we into this album now? I mean, Sandra's so Roses. So we well. are, for me, that was... That's the last track. Like, that's where side A should end. Right. And now we should Instead. be on the side B. Instead, we have, uh, fuck, we have Talk Up with Jay-Z. We have Is There More, which is Scrap It. And then we have Peak, which is, uh, well, Peak's the first track from side B. Yeah. So, technically, we only have Talk Up and Is There More. So, I, I'm kind of whatever about both the remaining tracks on this side. I know I know you texted me and you're like, Holy shit, Jay Z can actually rap. Right. To which I responded with, meh. Cause you apparently still have not listened to four forty four where he actually raps. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> I was just surprised that his mouth didn't sew itself shut after he put on those like boring ass verses onto everything is love. Yeah, I imagine he probably um he probably probably recorded this exclusively away from Beyonce, right. so he could so like, he, say whatever he wanted. That's right. He didn't want to have to ask permission. He's for like, every is this word. is this soundproof, Drake? Is this okay? Is this okay? He's like, hey, <laughs> you're not going to tell Beyonce about this, are you? I don't know why he calls her Beyonce, but <laughs> meanwhile, Drake's live streaming it directly to her. Drake's like texting Beyonce everything that he's saying, and she's like, this motherfucker. All right, so you want to listen? You want to talk about talk up? Let's talk about talk up. Do we want to talk about talk up? I I don't. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. All right, talk then up. forget Talk Up. We're going to move on. I would say the next song that's worth listening to is Peak. <laughs> fine. I have nothing to say about it, but I just have it on my list of songs that I thought were fine. For the record, I strongly disagree with what you're about to hear. <laughs> All right, so this is track one of the second album in Scorpion, the R&B album, and it's called Peak. Alright, that's enough of that. It's I, I think you remember it wrong. Am I am I remembering there's wrong? Because no, there's I thought mm. I thought the I just like the the I like the beat. I like the song. I like the music. I, don't I really too care occasionally what he's like saying. elevator music. How I dare too you occasionally like How dare you? The ringtones that play back to me when I call people and they what? don't pick up. Rude. But I wouldn't put them on this list Absolutely of highlights. Absolutely rude. It's Absolutely uh, rude. It's rough. 
No, what's not rough, though, is the very next track, Summer Games. Really? And God bless, if we could have reached this level of production and the same level of production as Nice For What, this would have been a quality album. All right, so here's Summer Games by Drake. Here's the thing. I, I mean, I keep saying it. I keep saying that Drake makes songs for like college girls. Like basically he makes songs for college girls. This song, I don't I can't think of another song that's better written for college girls. Summer Games is the heart of summer girl, college girl vacation feels and vibes. Is 100%. it hundred percent? It's, it's exactly it's it. just like Wow, I had I had a guy, but then things didn't work out because it's the summer and I wanted to go to the beach, but he didn't have the money to come with me. And I, you know, it's all about being independent and just I want to do what I want to do, and he wanted to do what he wanted to do, and I I'm just being me right now, and that's what's important. And that's what's important. And that, that really is summer is, games. That's <laughs> summer games. That in fact, not only is that summer games. But that is actually kind of the entire vibe of what he's putting out between this and I think the next song that we'll talk about, Nice For What, is this whole idea of like, you're perfect how you are, mm. girl. You just, you're, you're strong. You be you. And it's like, Drake, you're not, you're not a college girl. Like, this message sounds strange coming from you. Like, it's fun to sing along to, but like, looking at the source, it's weird, man. So... It- <laughs> <laughs> is it not it's weird fine. am i like totally i, I off feel here? like drake is in the perfect position to be able to write something like this because of apparently of how many times he's experienced it or at least he's observed it um and he and he, i feel like he just hits it spot on like that that oh, he crushes the, what, it. what summer games are super authentic um, but what's really cool about this song and like why i like it like i don't resonate like the lyrics don't it's what the fuck ever that's how most of drake is like some of it's relatable, most of it's not relatable. I actually secretly <clears throat> cry every time I hear the song, but but whenever it gets to <clears throat> the, I guess it's called like the bridge or where it like breaks down, um, and he does that, the the break in my heart, and it starts to like repeat differently, and like it becomes part of the beat and how it gets worked in there, like that level of production. I, who who was the producer on this one? I don't know, but you're you're 100 right. I mean, it it's like a it's like a, an attention to detail in the production. This, this is 40 and no ID. Well, there so you go. That's that's no surprise. Like that's this is some of their best work for sure. Um, I I just think that's super sick. And if you can set aside the white girl um vibes of this and just enjoy it for its sounds this is a great song okay well i think we can both agree that the next song is really good 
how can you be angry one night in July and be warm to me when it's freezing outside? <laughs> you're the worst. I, honestly, <laughs> you're, I, I, you're like quoting these lyrics. All right, so we're going to skip Jaded. Thank God. And we're There's only one Jaded you should listen to, and that's by Aerosmith. God, that's a banger. <laughs> you, can't, you can't call Aerosmith songs bangers. Yeah, okay, anyway. Rest in peace, Steven Tyler. He's still alive. Yeah, that was whatever. He was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't, I don't know. All right, whatever. About. The next song we're going to talk about is a song you for fucking sure have heard because like God's plan, it was released before this album came out and it's been gigantic and huge and is really fucking good. And it's called Nice for What? I want to know who motherfucking representing it here tonight. That's infectious. That's dude. a great song. It's a great song. It's <clears throat> entirely 100% aimed at the college girl crowd. I don't. I don't give a shit. But I, it's, about it is a. It is what you would refer to as a banger, and I definitely like it. Yeah, the the man. I feel like everybody's uh, beef with this song is that it's like, man, Drake should not talk about female empowerment given the content of the rest of his songs. But you know what? I don't give a shit. You could talk about whatever you want if it sounds like this. I agree. I, I don't have listen. I don't have beef with Drake making music for white girls making music for college girls because that's fine that's you can make an entire career doing that and he has and that's great because there's a lot of songs in there that i listen to and i'm like yeah i relate to this this is really cool but he definitely is just straight up like what's the next what's the next eminently quotable lyric i'm gonna write that everyone is gonna put to some unaffiliated unrelated instagram picture as a caption that's like all his shit is and i love it it's pretty good but i'm just saying i don't i don't i don't know i don't know of anyone who has so perfectly been able to encapsulate a demographic that they have nothing in common with <laughs> you know what i mean like that is what is that that is what kind of throws me off about this whole thing drake has never been a college girl and yet, or even a high school girl, and yet he's like he's able to just sort of be like he like I don't know what it is you know he turns on like the evaporator and he distills down everything that is that experience or what seems to be that experience and just turns it into like beep here's a single for you I made this one just for you pats a girl on the head slaps her on the butt as she walks away I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean I was trying to come up with a name for a girl and I couldn't come up with one. Off the bat, I made this one for you, Ashley. Jesus, thanks, Christ. Drake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I, you're not, Tell me if I'm wrong. You're Tell not, me if I'm being wrong. weird or wrong or strange about. I don't this. think it's. I don't think it's completely perplexing that he knows how to relate to to the average female audience 
because I'd say if you have to look at look at Drake or hang out with him or spend any time with him, I feel like that's he's probably. I mean, just like Pusha T said, he's a bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> I too. I too walk that line as well, Drake. Does it make me a bitch too? Because yes. I fucking love this song. Yes, I love these mu- this music that he's, he's putting out. He's able to good. relate to them because he is a mama's boy. Damn, dude. All right, dude. I feel it. I'm not going to bring it up anymore. I won't bring it up anymore. It's just it's it's good. It's good stuff. God. It's really good stuff. So that is once again on production forty, um, but also Corey Litwin. Uh, not real sure who that is off the top of my head sorry about that i feel like that's a failure on my part but man in the music video like he just got all these famous attractive and awesome actresses to sing along with it yeah it's perfect along with it it's fucking perfect i I think it was perfectly encapsulated what this song is for is the song that like um Dudes will have to listen to why their girlfriends get ready to go out to the club. That's a gr- oh my god! You just fucking hit the nail on the head. <laughs> like you're like, god damn it! I'm so tired of hearing this song. And she's like, shut your fucking mouth! <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like fixing her eyelashes and like, does this shut dress look okay? <laughs> I don't care what you have to say. My friend said it looks good. It's it's that. So that's nice for what, and it's actually what I listen to as I get ready to. Fair enough. <laughs> um. All right. So. There's a there's there's okay there's one two three four five six seven eight nine more tracks left I in this have, album and I have only two or three of them that I really care about. Well, I'm not sure what the exact track list is. Hold on here. God bless. God's plan. So we just finished listening to "Nice for What." Yeah. So I uh, finesse is straight garbage for me. Ratchet Happy Birthday is straight garbage. That's how you feel is. That's that's okay. I'll play it. Blue Tent is dope, but that's only because Future's on it. Um, and I actually heard that beat was a J-Rock beat, um, which is a really great album that just got put out, J-Rock's album. Mm-hmm. Um, no, or maybe it was Big Crit. Either way, it was like, could have been on somebody else that just released a dope album, but they're not a big name, and they turned down the beat, which I feel perfectly exemplifies a lot of the chuff on here. It's just like beats that were like left to fodder. Right. Um, but Blue Tent Sick has a future feature. Um, but the next one I'd want to talk about is In My Feelings. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about the next track we're going to talk about is called In My Feelings. And it sounds something like this. This this song reminds me of Soldier Boy. Kiss me through the phone. Kiss like if this song came out twelve years ago, it would be a ringtone on those like com- those like really annoying fucking commercials. That's what this. That's what that original like the so, first twenty seconds of the song. That's what that makes me it's feel. Super super interesting that you point that out because that is what they refer to as the New Orleans bounce, and that is that vibe that. 
that kind of rubber bandy, like, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, you just kind of, it feels like you have to move, but it's also a little bit annoying if you don't get it. Or yeah. Or you don't feel it 100%. Um, but for me, this uh, this song stands out because it is a very different sound opposed to, like, whatever the fuck else he's been doing. It's, like, dreary, you know, very, uh, very kind of all sounds the same, um, with the exception of, like, Nice For What and Summer Games. They sound, they stick out a little bit. God's Plan sticks out. But this, it's like, oh, wow, this is a completely different flow. Like, not a different flow, but a completely different sound out of them. Um, it feels kind of experimental, kind of like Hotline Bling or um, uh, what What the fuck else? The other island songs, Caribbean Drake, uh, so to speak. Caribbean Drake is a good Drake, <coughs> especially when he teams up with Caribbean Rihanna. Very true. Uh, <laughs> so so for me, that's why, why this is why this is a cool sound um but unfortunately the song's ruined halfway through <laughs> with a segue from uh i think it's called city girls uh some some type of group that he's referring to when he's saying kiki do you love me are you down for me that that thing like he's talking about that chick the song's like a love song to that chick and then he uses a segue from like that group uh in the middle of it and it just completely derails the whole thing and i don't think it recovers like i have like a good flow and a good bounce and i feel like i want to dance i can't dance but if i were to dance it would be to the song and as soon as that segue came up i'd be instantly embarrassed and have to leave wherever i was at so that is how i feel about and my feelings (laughs) well that leaves us with the two most interesting songs on the album i would say interesting in that one of them i'm not 100 percent sure how it's possible well when you are the new king of pop <laughs> you can actually call upon former kings of pop and uh, resurrect them on the spot ah the king of pop necromancy correct um so the song we're referring to the two songs we're referring to are don't matter to me which features Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and March 14, which is uh, the most direct references to his kid. So we're going to go ahead and, and do both of those here. Trap, trap, trap. Money and we're going to listen to Don't Matter to Me by Drake featuring Michael Jackson. Ooh. respect to michael jackson mm. for coming back from the dead to be featured on a drake album fucking wild 
How did they do that, Chase? Uh, so <laughs> it's so funny because you have like this look on your face. Like, uh, is it Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where you're just like, they brought him back for this, didn't they? Uh, so no, <laughs> these, uh, I, I believe that these recordings are, are for s- from something in 2014 that was uh, a project that was released in 2014 called Escape that uh, featured stuff from a session recorded with Michael Jackson and Paul Anka. Um, I'm not sure when they recorded those together. Paul Anka is like a, a writer, producer, uh, singer type of deal dude. Um but basically, he linked up with Drake and was like, <clears throat> you know, like, I have a lot of respect for what you do, yada, yada. Like, I think this would be a great idea. Like, let's and see. he's right. Let's see what we can dig through these archives of vocals from Michael Jackson that never got released and see what we can put together. And these vocals have never been heard by anyone else. And now they found their way onto this. Um, and it actually is the first time Michael Jackson's ever released anything posthumously however you say that posthumously word. posthumously um yeah so it's interesting um it's a great song you know what just listen to it right there um and i don't know what it was but like that that first part before he says it don't matter to me and it's like all of a sudden like it they they've definitely like warped and altered the vo- altered his voice to make it fit yes like i kind of want to hear what those two lines like those two lines probably weren't back to back like that. There was probably something between them. Yeah, it definitely feels like they've been modulated a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of processing going on because you can and they, the the dead giveaway is that at the very end, right before he says it don't matter to me, right before he gets into the chorus, uh, his voice does like this like wavy kind of like uh, rhythmic vibration type sound, mm-hmm. which to me reads as they needed to add in another audio effect in order to make it clear that the reason why he sounds the way he does is on purpose, mm-hmm. right? Because if they had just modulated it and changed it and made it fit and then not done sort of a little bit of extra sort of like polishing and adding in some extra um, audio effects like that, it would just sound weird. It would sound strange. But when you hear that, you like kind of like after the fact, you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense. They kind of like, it's like finagle this thing and they added in a bunch of these audio effects to make it sound in with like this this r&b yeah this r&b track they definitely crushed it um like shout out to to production on that yeah shit. that's huge um, great job but first time i listened to this song i didn't know like i knew michael jackson was on the album but i didn't know where i was at on the album and when it came on i was like oh shit drake got a dream feature like that's <laughs> like he must have linked up with him in wyoming like while he was there recording with kanye so that speaks a lot to, to dream. dream. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, because I don't I don't really like the dream, but I also didn't realize how much he sounds like Michael Jackson. Well, I mean, the the they could have written these lyrics and had the weekend sing on it too. Very true. It would be the exact same feel. Oh man, so like a dream idea. Yeah. There's a there's a um, lot of which I want to see that live performance where Drake's doing this song and the weekend comes out and does this part instead of Michael Jackson. Yeah. That probably will happen. I hope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next Coachella, right? Um, actually, they'll have a they'll have they'll have a Michael Jackson hologram, and a real Drake will come out and do the song with Michael Jackson hologram. Or hear me out. They'll have holograms of both because <laughs> that Toronto, the CN Tower, isn't getting any 
any less high. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, darkness. All right, so here we go. I, I will tell you this. Before we get into the last track, March 14, I'll tell you right now that I was very, very disappointed in the second to last track, which is called Final Fantasy. Yeah. And the reason I why imagined. I was disappointed is I thought that they sampled a Final Fantasy beat or a song and turned it into a rap song, which is not unheard of. That's happened a couple times in the past. Not unheard of. It is not unheard of. These um, things happen. Is is uh Taylor Gang a thing? Taylor Gang, that's uh what's his face? That's Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. So Wiz Khalifa has a song called Never Been, which samples uh uh, a song from the video game Chrono Trigger, which is from the same creators as Final Fantasy. And there's a lot of songs in Final Fantasy that you can take and turn into rap beats. A lot. <laughs> They're really fucking... There's a lot of them. And I'm just waiting for artists like this to like actually end up doing that. Because it's like... It's everything that's super prevalent right now. It's like this homage feeling. And it's also you know very different. And it also sort of like... Uh, a, a opens you up to a bunch of audience uh types of audiences that you don't necessarily get exposure to it just has a lot of value to doing it and then i was like i remember looking at the track list before i listened to the album and i was like oh fuck oh fuck drake finally did it because his voice would be perfect for that type of song i was like he finally fucking did it he's gonna do it and then i listened to it and i was like that's not what this is this song sucks <laughs> why do you do this to me drake why are you doing this to me classic drake honey dicking yeah so I just wanted to be very fucking clear that I'm disappointed in that song. Now let's go ahead and talk about a song that uh, tries to answer some questions, I guess. It's called March 14. Yesterday morning was crazy. I had to come to terms with the fact that it's not a maybe. That shit is in stone. Sealed and signed. She not my lover like Billie Jean, but the kid is mine. Sandy used to tell me all it takes is one time, and all it took was one time. Shit, we only met two times. Two times. And both times were nothing like the new times. Now it's rough times. I'm out here on front lines just trying to make sure that I see him sometimes. It's breaking my spirit. This is This to me goes down as like one of top 10 all-time Drake songs. Like this song is like, it's just so fucking Drake to fucking T it's like sad. There's a mom reference. There's a mom reference. The back half of the song is like fucking emotional Kanye song, type shit. The song's about someone else, but it's mostly, mostly about, about himself. himself right? <laughs> That's right. It's a perfect Drake song. Damn. I got a key. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, maybe you don't agree with me, but I feel like it's it's like such a fucking perfect Drake song. And it's Sandy told me it only took one time and it only yeah, took one time. It only time. took one time. Shit, we only met two times. And both those times were nothing like these the times. times. <laughs> right. Now it's rough times. Now it's rough times. <laughs> it's that is my new quote for everything. Now it's rough times. Now it's rough times. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mad and Rough Times are both fucking great. Big Mad. Yeah. So um Chase, tell me about this song. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't put it as a, a top 10 Drake song for me. Um, not like a party song, I'm just saying. Or like an all, all-time Drake song. Um, yeah, so I really like this, like, the 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 beat and whatever they're doing with, with all that shit. 
uh that's like straight out of like fucking like nothing was the same like that like you could put this track in the middle of that change the lyrical content and i'd be like oh okay yeah like i forgot about this song can't believe i just forgot about this random track that was on nothing was the same but you know you know people forget shit but then he starts talking about what he's talking about and it's very um very of the moment very prevalent not prevalent very um current would be the word um it's just uh it kind of falls flat for me at the end where they the like the no r&b portion yeah yeah me. his like, whole thing is like no one understands me I've, no one's ever felt the things i'm feeling i mean listen that is to me again quintessential drake like you yeah he's he he feels like he's never he's he's the first person to ever go through this i think i think he does do um a really good job of like uh just kind of talking about the situation he's like you know i always gave my i always called my parents out because they fucked it up but look at me i'm a co-parent now <laughs> like damn yeah <laughs> like that that these these are the reasons and the things behind the veil where i feel like drake is actually going through some shit that he can't even like write about like this is the closest we get to it like could you imagine like first there's like a lot of shame if you sleep with a porn star i have a feeling if you're the most if you're the biggest rapper on earth and you sleep with a porn star like i feel like the first time you're probably like oh what did i do and then like the second time you're like this is what i do now and then the third time and you find out that you got her pregnant you're like oh (laughs) 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 oh no like your boy got caught (laughs) like this doesn't happen to 18 me. 18 years. Drake. 18 years. I'm supposed to like, me and Rihanna are supposed to have kids and they're supposed to be musical prodigies. And then we retire in the sunset and we create another like on the run tour, but it's with me and me and Rihanna. And now instead I have maybe uh, this, this, what if, but what if this, yeah. and this is what he has to deal with now. Um, it does sound really sad. I mean, he was like the first time I said, the last time I saw you was Christmas. And, and I introduced like, you to Saint, Saint Nick, Nick, yeah. And he's like, "Ah, oh, man!" Like, I, and I just feel like all of that—the uh, complexity—is intensified because he says in the song, "He's like, this is—it's the same thing I went through." Granted, his dad wasn't a super famous, you know, rapper of the time, but right. uh, but it's like that same dynamic. So he's like, every time he like sees this kid, he's just gonna be like, "I'm fucking this up," because like I've created the same like the same situation, like, and he's in a position in life where he can't be there. And then I, it also kind of sounds like him and the like mother aren't on good terms. Not at all. And she's just like, stay, <laughs> stay <laughs> out stay of his fuck life. Fuck away from my kid is what she's saying. It sounds like. Um, so that, that's super, it's just super shitty and sad. And yeah, it's a bummer, man. It is um, a bummer. But do you have any more to say about the song? I thought it was, I thought it was a good song. I mean, the, the, the thing that makes it so good is that it is absolutely fucking raw. Like it is honest and not, it's not filtered through that like egotistical bullshit that he puts in a lot of his other songs. I think that's one of the reasons why like his older ego based songs like uh forever mm-hmm. hold up much better than his newer ego based songs because back then he was like an underdog. He was kind of like, someone no one expected someone that no one knew was going to come out. And he was like, you guys, I'm going to fucking do this and I'm going to be the best ever to do it. And, um, 
you know, now you hear it and you're like, yeah, man, you are the best. Like you're the best pop rapper of all time. We get it. Like you, you fucking told us, we understand, like you've proven your point. So some of that stuff to me falls a little flat. Like I, I have a hard time rapping along with his songs, his like more narcissistic songs that are current as opposed to his older ones because they don't feel authentic. Whereas like this feels really authentic. Like, this is a this is like a this is like miss her music. This is like sad music that like if I'm if it's like raining outside and I don't want to talk to anybody, like this this goes on the playlist because mm. you can I can just like I'd be like yeah man, I don't know what any of that feels but like like I feel that you're feeling something yeah and that's that that to me is really important. That's like that's a that's a really strong connection of honesty that you can have with an artist. Like, yeah, this, I may not relate to this, but I know that you're doing something. It's the first time on the album where he's, he's like having a real, like there's real emotion that you can connect with. Um, and it's not, not because the subject matter, but just like the overall sense of it is like, man, like that's fucking, that's the, that's the shit. Like you're going through some stuff. Whereas normally it's like Drake's like, Oh, I'm rich and sad, which isn't relatable. Right. It's just like, stop stop being sad maybe um so I, I feel like this track feels very similar to um uh the 30 for 30 freestyle that's at the end of what a time to be alive yes that he did with future and it feels very similar to uh do not disturb from last year's uh, uh more life mixtape that he did um whereas like it's like okay like we did all these tracks and this exists now but here's where i'm really at it it's almost like the la- the theme for his last couple projects has been like, okay, we did that, but this is where I'm at right now. And like, this is very much him like state of the union. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen guys. Like I have a kid and yeah. I need, I need help like figuring it out. Yeah. He, um, it's, it's really interesting to the, me. The, the difference between the tone and the message in this song versus almost any of the other songs on this album. Like, the fact that this song and Nice For What are on the same album is kind of mind-blowing. Like, you cannot emotionally get further apart from one another. Yeah, the bravado is definitely, like, not... It's just stripped away from the song. And I think I think that's a that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it goes to show his range. But it definitely is, like... I don't know. Do you know why it's called March 14? I, I would presume that's probably the birth date of his kid that makes sense it's either that but also knowing drake it's probably maybe possibly the day that he found out that the kid's actually his also also true um yeah so i guess i guess the the thing is like you can take this album this 25 track album and you can narrow it down to man one two three four five six seven eight nine songs maybe 10 if you include another like maybe if you include i'm upset since he released it as a fucking single for some reason 10 songs but like you can cut this thing down in half and it's really tight it's really really tight yeah i almost i almost feel like it should be it could be different like separate projects would have been smarter um it just it just needed that like critical eye to go through and just cut the stuff that didn't need to be there only polish the gems and put those forth and like create a story or like a narrative or at least some type of flow because like, yeah, March 14th and nice for what shouldn't exist on the same album. Just, just shouldn't. It's like, 
it just feels like the whole like putting together of the album got derailed by something. Yeah. You know, someone who was able to do something like that is, and this is, I don't think this is very strange because they've worked together in the past, but Kanye in the life of Pablo, he released St. Pablo like months after the album was over mm-hmm. and then tacked it on as the last song on the album. And it almost completely changes the entire vibe of the album. Because when you finish the album with a song like St. Pablo, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, Kanye is really going through some shit right now. Mm-hmm. And I think he, if he had just, if he had released, you know, an eight-track album or a nine-track album and then a week later tacked on March 14 on it, it would have been like, oh, fuck. Like, the bravado is just an act, right? As opposed to now, you're yeah, like, tough man, like, were you just, like, sitting on this? Like... You just had this song out. Like, why didn't you release this song? And you mentioned this earlier, and I 100% agree with you, and I 100% agree with him. Shea Serrano, if you don't follow him, he's hilarious. But Shea Serrano said it best. Number one, 100%, he's accurate. Give me more Drake singles, not Drake albums. Mm -hmm. Because his singles crush. I mean, God's Plan and Nice For What. I'm upset crushed, even though it's... I'm upset it isn't even that good good of a song and did great. Um, But we need we need more Drake singles because Drake's Drake's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to singles. Not so much when it comes to putting together an entire project. Yeah. A lot of bloat. So. It's time for Chase's conspiracy corner. Oh, shit. Hit me with it. Because I don't want to I don't want to like say something at the beginning of the episode and then not bring it back full circle. So hear me out. Drake. Kanye pretty good friends pretty good homies drake big fan of using writers kanye big fan of using writers um drake one of the best writers in the game but also both marketing geniuses maybe drake not so much but kanye knows how to create controversy how how do you create crazy amount of relevancy for Pusha T's project and crazy amounts of news headlines and attention for Drake. Better, how can you better do that than by bringing up a beef that is from 2008 and making it seem like it's very timely and very of the moment and using info that you probably don't have unless you've worked extensively with that person or know somebody in their camp. And how do you tie all that together so it fits in the same four week the same month span it's a great question chase how also how do you have all these people in the same room in the same recording session in the same writing session same brainstorm session and they uh are saying all these mean things about each other and there's not like a big situation or a big to do sunny agrees i know he 100 percent agrees damn right sunny I think I think you're I think you're right. I I'm, think uh, I think there's probably there's probably some fire where there's smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm saying is this much like the whole Jay Z cheated on me thing has been blown out of proportion. The whole push T, you're hiding a child. Push T, I'm going to end your career. Drake releasing Duppy Freestyle. The picture of him in blackface. I I, I think it's just very orchestrated to basically improve sales for both albums uh i think it also works as a way to kind of like 
like there's there's people that are going to listen to Drake's album that wouldn't listen to it that were Pusha T fans. Um, there's people that want to listen to it just because they want to see if if Drake has a kid. Uh, there's it's just a whole bunch of different coverage, um, and it also like kind of serves like soften that that type of like uh, I guess it's not blow, but that like the impact the meteor meteoric impact of him saying I have a kid type of deal and it right. adds context to the whole situation he never says on this album anything about the mother all all we have about that we know about the mom is from Pusha T yeah that that type of thing we don't know what the kid's name is if it wasn't for Pusha T uh, it's, it's I think it's an interesting thing that I'd like to get like a real answer on that I know I'll never get the answer on yeah well I uh, as as someone who very briefly has had a couple conversations with people who work in marketing about this sort of thing. I'm inclined to believe that you are right mm. because there's no there's no reason to ever almost in any case take what someone is selling you for face value. And I'm not buying what they're selling. Yeah. And how the beef mysteriously like just was ended by like Jay Prince saying something and Kanye saying something like it was ended, but it was also like teased. It was ended, but it was like it was like the beef is over, but it's over because Drake has a song that could end Pusha T's career, and everyone's like, "Oh, I'm intrigued." And that's yeah. exactly how you market something: you stop it, but you leave a little hook in there. That's exactly what happened. You know, you I uh, I'm also now. That's not to say, by the way, I don't think that happened with Meek. <laughs> oh no, Meek Meek was think, just unprepared. I think. I think Drake had those meetings. Like Drake was 100% ready and Meek was like, we're doing this? <laughs> what? No. No. My career. I've been killed. Things were going so well. Yeah. Um so that's uh that's that is that is a situation in which there probably wasn't any sort of pre-planning, but I I I buy it. I'm with you on this one. I think I think there's definitely an argument to be made that not a lot of this was probably pre-planned or at least structured in some way with everyone involved knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. I also, I just, I, I have a hard time believing that Drake is putting together songs like Duppy Freestyle in like two days. You know what I mean? Mm. Or that, that, uh, Pusha T is licensing 444's The Story of OJ from, uh, from Jay-Z and writing the story of Adidon and releasing all that within a few days. Like I just have a really hard time believing that they're they're that fucking good that they can do that shit in two days, but albums that they spend a year and a half making fifteen of the tracks are garbage. You so, know? That's it's really rude toward Drake. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So th- there has to be some sort of planning involved there. <sighs> That concludes Conspiracy Corner with Chase. Dude, Conspiracy Corner with Chase is now my favorite fucking thing. And if you don't do this <laughs> going forward, I'm going to be really upset. Because I really like when you put that tinfoil hat on and start start throwing out some conspiracy theories. Um, awesome. Well, that was, uh, that was Drake's album, Scorpion, which is significantly better than Everything is Love. But not quite as good as the projects that Kanye has put out recently. Experience. Um, now... You may be asking yourself, do you guys ever talk about anything that's not hip hop? And the answer to that is we haven't yet, but we might coming up because we now have gone through all of the original albums that we wanted to talk about when we first launched Four Ears. 
And now we are open to suggestions as well as open to other genres. Now, Chase and I will talk about this and figure out exactly what we want to do next. We have shown that we've done albums as well as beefs. So it doesn't need to be like one particular project. We can do like a series of songs that are related in some way, shape, or form. We'll talk about the looks exchanged between artists during live performances, if you want us to do that. That's going to be the best audio podcast ever. Look at this look. So if you just see his eyes, I mean, you can't. But like that Imagine raised eyebrow, man, yeah, fire. So, uh, so I think I think we'll we'll probably take a take a small pivot. Maybe talk about something that isn't hip hop or rap related, um, or we might uh, dip back, like go way, way, way back, and talk about a different project that has been around for a long time. So, yeah. really, any sort of suggestions? If you guys want to hear anything specific, message either of us. Find us, Chase. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Chase five hundred four, and I'll be. Spending the entire week trying to convince Armin to listen to the new Death Grips album with me. Um, I heard one song with you once and I was like, mm-mm, yep. yeah, So those who know what Death Grips is, you'll understand. Um, but otherwise, you know, hit me up on Instagram direct message. I'm pretty active on there. Uh, Twitter, not so much. But yeah, definitely send me any type of suggestions, any type of recommendations. Uh, I'm working on a playlist for the Fort Year Spotify and Apple Music to share with you kind folks since you all have been asking for some gym playlist and or good music playlist. Hell yeah. Let's do that. And you can find me at Arm and Hammer TV on Earthang. Um, you know, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, any of those. And, uh, and you'll be able to get all of this good stuff at Arm and Hammer TV. We also have another podcast called San, uh, S-A-N, which is also on the Arm and Hammer TV feed. And uh, where Chase and I and Colin Cliff Bogart talk a lot of shit about a lot of other things. It's awesome. So thank you so much, folks, for listening. Really appreciate uh, you guys lending us your ears. This has been an episode of Four Ears covering Drake's Scorpion. We'll catch you next week. Later.